Tom and his pregnant wife Evelyn set off on a holiday to the island paradise of Alamanzora. Upon arrival on the remote isle, they discover that it seems to be totally deserted. Eventually, they come upon a group of young children who act very strangely toward them. The couple continue to search but cannot locate any adults. Suddenly, they discover the bloody body of an old man who has been hung upside down and beaten to death. Horrified, the pair must seek shelter as they realize an insane mob seeks to murder them, and they dare not fight back. I'm Corey. And I'm Paul. And we are the, the B-Movie movie Bros. Bros. We review B-Movies to the best of our ability. Sometimes we get off topic, but randomness is a gift. And here we are the fourth and final week of uh, Killer Kids Month. You know, September, back to school, all that jazz. We've nearly survived the onslaught of murderous children. And uh, now it's time for an island showdown with uh, Who Can Kill a Child from 1976. You heard what the back of my DVD has to say. Let's dive into this shit with our technical difficulties. Top and bottom three. Let's let's start with the bottom. Let's get the bad out of the way first off. Oh, all right, why not? Um, so for me, number three, this movie is extremely slow paced. I mean, it takes about a half hour for them to get to the island. The movie's an hour fifty minutes long, and then you know another like forty five minutes for things to actually start happening on the island. So you're looking at about an hour fifteen before things really start to ramp up. And with a movie that's, you know, not quite two hours long, you know, most movies are ending at, like, hitting its climax at about an hour 15. This is this is hitting its preamble there. Yeah, this one definitely took a while to get started, to say the least. Number two, I, I really could have done without the history lesson on war and its effect on children. You know, about the first, I think it's like ten minutes of the movie or something, are like clips from the... World War II and the Korean War and some Nigerian Civil War and, you know, then there's another clip randomly inserted into the movie about, like, war and its effects on children, and I'm just like, so what does this have to do with the movie? Yeah, I definitely felt like that should have been done more naturally. Like, I get it, you know, children are often very, very harshly affected by war and the the violence of adults, but it, it felt so forced. It's like, here is the plot. Here is the explanation for this. And like, even if, like, it was done with the credits rolling over it, like, at the beginning, I would have been okay. But no, that what they didn't use it to do that even. It just it was a standalone segment of the movie. Exactly. What they could have done and probably should have done was have, like, show a war and show, like, the effects it had on children, you know, the adults, like, yeah, they're abusing them, you know, children starving and everything. Maybe you can show, like, like small clips of, like, other wars rather than trying to, like, make it a, like, documentary in the first, like, 20 minutes of the film. And then, you know, after finishing the film, I'm still left wondering, what did that have to do with the content of the movie itself? Very little. Um, and then number one, why? Why did it take Tom so long to go, oh, I think it's time to get off the island? No, it wasn't until, like, the third or fourth person he found murdered that he was like, oh, yeah, we need to get off this island. Like, I'm sorry, the first time I see a child murdering somebody and I'm on an island, I'm going to be like, peace out, motherfucker, I'm done. Like, let's get out of here. And it's, it's all compounded by, like, he lies to his wife about it. Oh, what went on? Oh, nothing. Nothing. And for no reason but, either. Like, like uh, maybe if you would have told your wife, yeah, she, she just murdered that old man. She would have been like, let's leave. But no, no, you lie, and you stay, stay far too long. Yeah, and it's not like she didn't know that, like, one of the kids was attacking, like, an old man, because she clearly saw it, but 
Uh, that was really forced. Um, all right, number three. There's a whole lot of nothing going on through a good portion of this film, especially the beginning. It's very slow paced to build up, and there's a lot of pauses in, like throughout the film where Thomas is like looking into rooms and finding nothing, and just walking upstairs or downstairs. It's uh, a lot of wasted time to say the least. Number two. There were several times where the kids had a really good opportunity to kill Tom or his wife, but they didn't for some reason. They didn't seem to hesitate when killing a lot of the other adults, which I guess there are some reasons. Like, they thought Tom and his wife might have fought back, or at least Tom would have, to protect his wife. But I, it just seemed really ridiculous at times. Like, they're just playing hide-and-seek with them. Like, yeah, if you really want to kill them, you can. Like, it, it's... It's not that hard. Their backs turn to you. Yeah, it's funny too, like you know, because Tom comes upon them like literally seconds after they murder somebody else, and they just kind of like run away from him. And it's like you could have just murdered him too. There's like thirty of you. Yeah, then at the end, like spoilers, they actually do confront Tom, and they're actually like attacking him, even though he's more armed than he was before. He's like got more of an advantage, and they're like, "Well, no, we're gonna fight this time," even though like we're. We would have had a much easier time fighting him earlier in the film. It was fucking dumb kids. Number one, um, yeah, I agree with Corey. So, for some reason, you take your pregnant wife to an island that just happens to be infested with murderous children. And, you know, I think most normal people would say, hey, let's get off the fucking island. You know, let's, um, let's try to survive this. But, no, Tom and his wife just kind of dick around for a while and, you know explore, try to figure out what's going on. It's like, you know, get the hell out of there. But it never really occurs to them throughout a good, until really the very end of it. it they were not smart, smart travelers at all. Like, they forgot to book a hotel. They, um, Tom couldn't even remember the name of the island, despite the fact that he'd been there before. It was uh, not, not a smart cast, that's for sure. So uh, that, that's the bottom. Let's talk about the top. What's good about this movie? Um, for me, number three, um, I really enjoyed the use of music in this film and thought that it was fantastic. Um, with some of the film having absolutely no music, um, much like our found footage films should have been, like no music, um, this is the movie that ended up having no music a lot. Um, but when it did use music, the, uh, the tone and everything just fit perfectly to what was going on on screen nothing seemed out of place and again it was used for dramatic effect in certain areas it wasn't just always there or you know just hey let's play this music which makes absolutely no sense for this scene which is something typical of these kind of movies i found out recently yeah the music was definitely done well it was done in appropriate times and it contrasted with the laughing children really well to make it a really creepy environment i mean the film like the environment's not dark i don't think there are really any scenes that took place at night yet it was really disturbing it was really kind of creepy um number two um spoiler alert um evie is murdered by the unborn fetus in her stomach, which rips her apart from the inside. Although, you know, it's not done with, like, a huge amount of special effects, it leaves more to your imagination of what's going on inside her as she's describing what is happening her to her husband. And he's just like, no, no, it's not true, and it's happening. And she's, like, starting to bleed out from, 
you know, down her legs and stuff. And it's just, it's a really gripping scene. And again, I, I like that, you know, use of more, you know, you have to imagine what's going on as opposed to they're just going to like try and show it to you with crappy special effects. It's a really smart part on, uh, on their end. Definitely. Number one, the showdown at the end of the movie, which does answer the question once and for all, who can kill a child? Hell yeah. It was a much more satisfying ending than um, Beware Children at Play. I felt it was a lot more deserved. Yeah, and, and it, it fit with the tone of the movie, so it wasn't particularly disturbing or, like, you know, makes you want to go take a shower and burn your clothes. Like, it just, everything fit together proper. It was done in the right tone. And uh, it, just, it was actually, I mean, it was a very epic showdown. I mean, it was better than the uh, Hobbit battle five armies battle i think most things are better than that but all right number three i thought the kids and like as they were laughing and like killing certain adults was actually genuinely creepy and like Corey mentioned with the music it was it created a really good atmosphere and it was it was like just watching kids playing around except they're murdering an old man or like they're using him as a pinata, only using, like, a fucking sickle to, like, instead of a stick. It was really unsettling, but it, they, they did a really great job of that. It was simple but effective. Number two, there seemed to be some kind of weird magic or curse with the kids that's not really explained of why they're killing people, but they didn't really go too much into that, which I thought was good. I don't think it really fit with the theme of the movie. Kind of thought introducing it in general was kind of a bad idea, but at least they didn't try to make them like, you know, just magic kid. They could kill people with superpowers or anything like that, except for how they killed the baby, which was really weird. Well, the, how the um, baby killed Evie, uh, Evie for yeah. some reason. That, that was odd, but you know, you only find out like what caused it. I, I'm kind of glad that they didn't make the kids overall like overpowered. I, I thought that would have been kind of dumb and really would have taken away from what had happened. Yeah, they, the only time they really introduce, like, what goes on, like, the kids meet kids from the other side of the island that haven't started killing people yet, and they just kind of, like, they just stare, stare at them, them yeah. and then they're like, the new kids are like, okay, time to murder. Like, you know what? I think I will kill my parents after all. So, number one, this movie does a really good job at exploring the psychological hang-up somebody would have against killing somebody and how hard it would actually be to kill a child, even one that's trying to kill you. It was a really interesting concept. I, I've never seen a, a movie quite like this um, where the enemy was really only as powerful as the, as the people trying to escape it were unwilling to fight back. It was definitely a unique, um, a unique idea. You know what we didn't really mention, though? was the dialogue. So let's give this movie a good old-fashioned quote war. Quote war. Now, mind you, we watched this in Spanish with the English subtitles, so th there may be a mix of Anglo-Spain-ish words here. And no, we're not going to say most of the quotes in a Spanish. Uh, we're not quite that good at um, foreign languages. So I'm, I'll get us started off with this one uh, with, I'm pregnant, see? I'm almost a doctor. I'm a biology professor. Are you happy? In the end, the ones that suffer the most are the children. We heard voices and children laughing. The whole world is crazy. It's all melted. Poor Kay. 
And that ends this exposition of Quote Wars. If you have a favorite quote from this movie or want to say anything about it in general, leave it in the comments below. I think it's time for our final take. Remember, friends, our final take is a score on our shot scale. Our shot scales are a reverse scale, 1 to 10, 1 being the best, 10 being the worst. How many shots do you need to get through this film? I gave it a 2 out of 10. I also gave it a 2 out of 10. So, Who Can Kill a Child is a movie very typical of 70s Euro horror films. It's very, very slow burning. However, in the case of this movie, everything leads up to the grand finale, which just fits perfectly in with the tone of the film. Special effects are used sparingly, and it leads to some good use of suspense and forcing the audience to use their imagination to figure out what's going on. Maybe an hour and 50 minutes is a bit long for this film, but if you have that time to spare, it is a shining example of 70s human nature horror. Most films featuring a killer whatever focus on the overwhelming might of the killer force contrasted with the near powerlessness of the protagonist in his group. How to Kill a Child subverted this idea by creating a scenario in which the deadly force, in this case, killer children, was by all means at a disadvantage against the adults they were preying upon. What makes the children in this film so dangerous isn't their strength or, the, or their numbers, it's the fact that the adults lack the will to fight back. In general, mustering up the resolve to kill another human being is difficult for is a difficult task. Even trained soldiers have to have to dehumanize their enemy by by pretending that they're not human and and mentally removing themselves from the task ahead of them. However, taking the life of a civilian or a child for that matter is an entirely different scenario. How can an adult whose instincts compel them to safeguard children from harm actually justify resorting to murder even if it means means their own survival? When surrounded by the hordes of, of murderous children, most of the adults in the film surrender immediately, resigning to pain and death rather than taking up arms. In the rare case, cases that an adult actually does fight back, the children typically retreat, knowing that they can't, can't win against somebody willing to fight back. During each interaction with the children, it's obvious that Tom and his wife were never really in any, any danger from the children. They were stronger and more heavily armed in most cases. The real source of danger came from the, their parental instincts, which proved to be more difficult to overcome than a crazed killer or a man-eating monster. So, there you have it. I mean, it was overall a great film. I, I really think it's, it's much different than most anything we've reviewed on this show. Yeah, getting into it, it was kind of hard to... It, it, had, it had some rough times getting started, I wasn't really sure where they were going to going with it, but after you after you kind of understand what the film's about, it's really an interesting one to watch. I I definitely appreciated it. If you really want to forget it, you know, there's always that way to drink away the flick. Drink away the flick. Come on and grab your drink. Let's drink away the flick. Bum, 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 bum. We'll give some drinking games for this film, but remember, friends, drink responsibly. Number one, every time someone says Adamanzora, take a drink. Number two, every time Evelyn questions Tom. Take a drink. Number three, whenever Tom drinks, take a drink with him. Number four, anytime children are playing pinata, take a drink. And of course, because it's Killer Kids Month, anytime a kid kills someone, take a drink. Remember, it's not dr drinking alone when the person in the movie is drinking with you. Every time you see children laughing while killing an adult, take a drink. Every time Tom enters a new room and finds nothing in it, take a drink. Every time someone mentions Evie being pregnant, take a drink. 
And every time you hear a bell ring, take a drink. And those are your ways to drink away this flick. If you have any thoughts about this movie or anything else B-Movie related, you can leave us a comment in your iTunes or SoundCloud. You can also email us at bmoviebros at gmail.com, like us on Facebook at facebook.com dash bmoviebros, follow us on Twitter at bmoviebros, or my personal Twitter at bmoviepaul. You can check out all our other content, including reviews, interviews, and chats on our website bmoviebros.com, where we have new shows each week. If you want to support the show, consider donating to our PayPal or Patreon accounts. Links provided below. And you know, I, I have to say, the most important lesson I learned from this movie is that when entering a house... You know, that no one knows you're coming in. You're supposed to clap three times and then yell, Buenos Dias. Yeah, that, that was an interesting yeah. um, entrance. Uh, Tom, is a, Tom is a colorful character, to say the least. So, I mean, anytime I'm trapped on a deserted island, that is, that is what I will do when I enter an unknown person's house. I will clap three times and yell, Buenos Dias. It's, it's a polite thing to do. So, we've come to the end of Killer Kids Month. We've watched four movies. I think it's time to rank them. Um, for me, it was pretty simple. Uh, number four, Wicked Little Things. It took place in Pennsylvania, and that was the only positive thing I can say about it. Number three, Beware Children at Play. For the time it was made, uh, it was controversial, I guess, but it, it has not held up well with age, and the tone of it is just all over the place, and nothing really congeals. Number two, Children of the Corn 666, Isaac's Turn. I think unintentionally funny, but funny nonetheless. Number one, who can kill a child? It's actually a compelling film that I'd be willing to share with people to be like, hey, this is thought-provoking, and we can have a conversation. Yeah, uh, mine's basically the same. Uh, number four, Wicked Little Things. I, I don't even remember what happened in the film. I remember there was a mom and her two daughters and killer kids, and I don't know. I think it, was, it took place in the fall. Uh, I don't know. It's pretty forgettable. Number th- number three, beware children at play. I was not impressed by the whole, hey, look how edgy we are. We're having kids kill people and rape people, and now we're killing kids. Yeah, I get it. You know, you're so cool. Uh, number two, children of the corn, 666. It was, it was fun. It was a bad movie, but it was entertaining to say the least. And, you know, I really like the original children of the corn, so it was kind of cool seeing the guy who played Isaac um, come back as an adult. And number one, Who Can Kill a Child? This is genuinely an interesting film, had a great concept, genuinely creepy at times, and overall had a much more satisfying ending than Beware Children at Play. Even though it was a similar ending, it was a more deserved one, and it definitely, it was more powerful and impactful and didn't come off at, actually the film in general, general at no point felt like it was trying to shock you, like it was trying to be edgy. It felt like it had a story, it had a, um, a concept, and it just showed what it had to. And it was very effective, effective at what it did. So there you have it. Goodbye, September. Hello, October. And you know what that means. Halloween. Cult Classic Month That's once again. It. Yeah. So, you know, I hope you get your daily serving of fruits, Paul. Because next week, we're going to take on... Attack of the Killer Tomatoes from 1978. Oh, God. So until next time, friends, be brave, be alive, and be back for more.